0: In the cultural moment like this, I am not tempted to sway even on the hot button topics of our day because I'm rooted and grounded in it. And our church is not built off of our worship style or built it off our teaching or built off of the way our lobby looks or the events that we do. Our church is first and foremost built upon God's word.
1: This is The Leading Second Podcast, where we are on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise uncommon leaders, The Leading Second podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now, let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle, from the second chair for the second chair. This is Leading Second.
2: Welcome back to season five of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited and honored uh, to have you back in this space today for another important conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. Of course, if you lead from the middle uh, on your church team, uh, you're leading second, you want to hold your pastor's arms up. Welcome to your tribe. This space has been created for you. And today, We're continuing an important conversation that we've been having on the podcast lately, things that will take you out of ministry. I just wanted to take some time and shine some light on the potholes that exist on the road of ministry, uh, because it's our heart that every leader listening, that you'd run your race strong for the kingdom, for your pastor, and that you'd be found faithful to it. So let's talk and let's go there today. And uh, man, we've just got so much coming up in the life of Leading Second. If I haven't had a chance to do so personally, I want to personally invite you on behalf of Lindsay and I to join us at Leading Second Camp. Leading Second is a call to be uncommon. Uncommon does not mean to be better than, it means to be different from. In 2023, the journey continues.
0: The Leading Second tribe gathers again. Calling all church builders, executive pastors, campus pastors, lead team members for inspiration. I'm actually
2: calling you to be the exception. For impartation.
0: My assignment today is to be your Jonathan to remind you that God is for you and he's got great things inside of you. But if you don't know how to carry the burden, you'll walk away. That we may be found faithful
2: to be the exception, to be the one that carries this when no one around you seems to carry it. For more information and to register, visit leadingsecondcamp.com. So leadingsecondcamp.com has all the details for you. I would just love for you to feel invited to come and be with us at one of those events. It won't be the same without you. Bring your team, don't come alone. It's gonna be awesome. Before we get into the conversation today, though, I'm excited to announce: if you're listening to this on release week, uh, that next week we have Leading Second Labs uh, returning. These are free online uh, digital conversations that you could register and be a part of. Uh, I'd encourage you to grab your team, get together. You can find out more information on our Instagram or at leadingsecond.com. But Uh, It's a great space with some important conversations that we've created, and you'll get a chance to interact uh, with our presenters online. It's going to be special. It's going to be great. Uh, Check out uh, the website for more information. We'd love to have you uh, a part of our event next week. Uh, So without further ado, we're going to get into our conversation today and continue it, things that will take you out of ministry. Today, we're talking, and don't get scared of the big words here, we're talking about doctrinal and theological congruence. Man, I've seen this pop up over the last couple of years. We're going to talk about it today. I'm joined by uh, the team from the Well Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, So let's dive in. Let's have this conversation today. Uh, It's going to be good. Here we go. All right. Well, I'm excited today to continue this conversation. And for our next installment of this series, we are joined today Uh, by my good friends, our brilliant team at The Well Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Say what's up to everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, Hey everybody. Hey, we're going to have some fun today. I'm so glad you guys are here. This is going to be rich. This is going to be good. Uh, First of all, uh, Pastor Jason Parrish, lead pastor of The Well, is joining us today. Say hello, Pastor Jason.
0: So great to be with you. Thanks for allowing me uh, to be with you during this moment.
2: Yeah, and... I wanted to have you here. You are one of um, the the key leaders and authors, if you will, of some of this content. We're we're pulling thoughts uh, from a resource through Team Church uh, called Leadership Essentials, which I think is absolutely brilliant. By the way, it's available uh, at the Team if you want to. Uh, gain access to some of the resources there that Team Church is releasing for your team. But you were you were a part of that, weren't you, I guess, in, yeah. in developing some of this?
0: Yeah, me and a couple, uh, obviously a couple others, Jason Warman and uh, Nicole from uh, Champion Center uh, have collaborated on all this. And we're excited for, honestly, the uh, for lack of better terms, the evolution uh, of what Leadership yeah. Essentials is. And, and we're in the thick of it with our church, uh, rallying our staff around it. And building out what I believe to be some really significant um, tools for teams to to get better, to get stronger and to move forward in everything that God has for them. So we're pumped about it.
2: Absolutely. And uh we're coming into the spicier route today. You know, we're calling it things that'll take you out. Uh, but you know, you know, I, I think of it at that level. Yeah. I I really do believe that that if we don't uh, tackle some of these issues, um, you know, they're 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 game changers yep. for us Probably in ministry. Better. And so we're going to get there today. And then we have Seth and Kiza Freeman uh, from the lead team at the well. Say hello guys.
1: Hey guys. Hi guys.
3: So glad to be here today. So
1: good to be here with you.
2: Love your voices. Love you as leaders. Uh, Y'all just, you you carry leading second. You are leading Mm. second. I'm thankful for your, your longevity on the team there with your pastors now for a lot of years and you lead well, your church is growing, expanding, um the well is worth a follow in terms of just what God's doing there. And also, by the way, host venue for leading second camp 2023 yes, Come on, somebody. Come on, so, everybody. So there go. we go. This is <laughs> your sign to come if you right. that's if you're right. looking for one. There you go. Bring the okay, skis, so, bring
3: the snowboards. Yeah. That's right. It's, that's it's, right. It's Park City is the not too to ruined. The coldest host site that you've
0: been to thus far. <laughs>
3: Thus well, far
2: yeah. true. Um, two weeks later is Calgary. You win. Well,
1: uh,
2: I've done an event there in March and it was negative 40. I shouldn't say that by the way, that's terrible uh, promotion for that event. Anyways, um, moving along, moving along. Okay. So for today's conversation, we're going to talk about doctrinal and theological congruence really big words, but I think we'd all realize they have big impact. I think one thing that's come through the church the last couple of years is a real awareness on the foundation of our lives and the alignment that we have with our churches. And I can't think of something that's become more stark over the last couple of years uh, than, than theological alignment and doctrinal alignment in our churches. And I my pastor, I think if he were here, what he would say around this conversation is over the last couple of years, like when the storm of 2020 hit, I think we realized that we had a lot of people assembled, but not as many aligned. And so our rooms were full and filling, but yet were we really on the same page with some of these things? Of course, theology being being very important. So Pastor Jason just set us up to, the, to this topic today. And Why does this matter? And maybe more specifically for you as a lead pastor, why does having a team member, you know, uh, congruently aligned with the church? Like, why does this matter to you as a lead pastor?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing personally for us, and then let's say just globally as the church, um, there's two ways you can move a mission forward, a vision forward. And I think over the past, uh, let's call it 10 to 20 years specifically Uh, churches have aligned and rallied around actionable items, the way that we do things. So that could be anything from like worship and we, we put culture around it, what our lobbies look like, so on and so forth. So you had a lot of teams that were, uh, that were aligned for lack of better terms around the function of things. But then when we went into 2020 and everything that was happening there, uh, we realized that a lot of that started to fall apart because the, because the things that we did stopped and you started mm. to see all of the misalignment because what was holding things together during that season, especially when we we were all in lockdown and things like that, the things that were holding our teams together and our churches together is the thing that's always supposed to hold it together. And that is our doctrine and theology. That is that is the foundational truths of what our churches are. Our churches are not built on worship teams and they're not built on great lobby experiences and things like those help. Those are the cultural realities of what we do week in and week out. But, but what our team is actually supposed to really rally around the mission and the mandate is held together by our beliefs. And that is our doctrine and our theology. And what happened is that everything got exposed in 2020, 2021, and now even more, we're going to launch into it, into the future as well. These next few years, I don't think it's going to get quieter on this front. I think it's going to get louder on this front. Right. culture's pushing in on us. Um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day that said, we've got a lot of these issues, these cultural, uh, cultural liturgies, if you will, that are trying to form everybody are at the doorstep of our church with a battering ram trying to get in. And I thought, man, what a, what a picture to have this, what a picture for us to have that these cultural ideologies and thought processes are at the doors of our church with a battering ram trying to get in. And so, I know that the, the picture that God has given us at the well, and our team's heard me say this before, is that our job right now is to stand at the gate with a sword. And that sword is God's word. And this is where we're getting our doctrine, and our theology yeah. from. And this is going to be, this is the battleground. I hate to use militant terms. To, I'm not trying to be extremist in it, but I am, I really do fundamentally believe this is the battleground that we are in right now.
2: Yeah. And, well, I you're you're bringing up the urgency of the hour yep. because it's not that theological drift is is somehow new, <laughs> you know, it's not that the church has never disagreed in doctrine. Lord, there've been splinters on splinters on splinters yep. um you know over the course of time when it comes to um theology and doctrine. So it's not that this is a new yep. phenomena. I think this is maybe um one of the most heightened we've had simply because of the internet and the access to other people's thoughts. I do think that that part of the reason this season has an urgency to it is we've never been this connected. So while it's not a new phenomenon, it has a new urgency right now. And I don't think any of us know where this thing's going culturally, but I think we, we all have all kind of received now the fact, this thing's on our doorstep. This is here. And so if you weren't having this conversation, I guess it's time to have the, the conversation now. Um, question just open to anybody on this one. What problems are we seeing created right now um, in churches where, you know, doctrinal Differences popped up in team members, so you know that this happened over the last couple of years. Like, what's the terrain looking like, and 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 uh, what are you all experiencing or, or seeing happen out there? Let's just try to help everyone feel at home in this episode, yeah. you know, right now.
3: Well, I, I mean, I'll start. I think one of the biggest things is obviously we cause division within the body when we're dealing with uh, counter-doctrine or right. theological thoughts. And so whenever there's division, we know that's not of God. And so we're operating the outside of unity. But the um, some of the biggest problems, and it's something that I've dealt with on my team um, and the worship team specifically, is during our interview process, we talk to the idea of we have all these Western and cultural mm-hmm. realities that are trying to infiltrate our teams, infiltrate our churches, and this the interview process that I put them through, first, we like to see the heart before we see the talent. So I'm not going to just allow you to audition for a worship team and see that you're an amazing musician, amazing singer, and and then get blinded by a talent and not see where the heart's at and where your theological and doctrinal principles lie. And so what we have is we have a lot of um, that outside influence of the culture, and that's mm. even found within Christians. You know, people that would confess Christ, that they have brought and adopted in these Western um, ideologies and cultures into their faith. And so, therefore, we ask for like a statement of faith. Like, what is your statement of faith? And if I'm honest, I get really poor layouts of what people actually believe and are founding their life on. And I'm not sure that um, people for the most part have an actual grasp of what they truly believe. And I think it's because they've been accepted into different church environments and communities. And let's just call it, say it out front, the seeker mentality of where we, in the name of seeker, we sacrifice standard. And when you sacrifice standard and you sacrifice principles, then you invite all these toxic beliefs and contrary to Jesus's principles and Jesus's thoughts that come in and therefore they are poison to your team.
2: I was going to say, I love that you're kind of pushing that button right there and, and calling out the seeker thing. I I'm not one to go back and villainize you know, past church totally. movements. I think things have their 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 time and their season. 100. But I think the the season that arrived on our door was we realized. Just, I guess I'm just going to call it out. I mean that, that, that the seeker sensitive approach wasn't going to work anymore. And um, I'm sort of personally coining this phrase of moving from seeker sensitive to seeker aware, meaning um, let, let's be honest, guys, we believe some weird stuff um we're if we're gonna be fools <laughs> right. let's be fools for christ right, totally. you know but yeah, i've yeah. also kind of come to say i'll take our weird over the world's weird any day of the week right now um <laughs> we're, 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 we're all gonna be a little weird and and the, the holy spirit I, I mean some of these topics it's 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 difficult to explain here on earth and and so we get that we understand that but um so I think we have a responsibility to explain to people in the room that are new what's going on. I think we have the the responsibility to lead people, but not apologize and not right. cover up and not embrace uh, who we are. So that's my that's my thing I'm coining right now, seeker aware. I want all levels of understanding in our churches, of course, but I right. also want to, you know, I'm praying to see leaders kind of rise up and and not be apologetic.
3: I think it's also like when we think about the... Like when we talk about the seeker movement, I think that's still great for people coming into the church and kicking the tires, as as Pastor Jason would say, and trying to find out what they believe. I think where we draw the line on that seeker idea is when we're talking about involving them on team and involving them in in a leadership capacity. So that's where I just want to make sure I'm clear that I'm also not... You know, trying to push back on movements of God that have happened in the past. But I think what we what we had, a, what we had a tendency to do was to not only is everybody invited into the doors of the church, that is true. But we also took it a step further and said, everybody now is invited, no matter what they believe, into leadership and into um, into team. And so that's where we have to really distinguish between where are we finding these doctrinal theological congruencies, and that is on our team, because I need everybody on my team speaking the same language and falling on their same convictions.
2: You know, as we're talking today, I hope someone listening hears the wrestle I mean, I hope, I hope you just hear, hear the wrestle through these because these conversations deserve a wrestle. They deserve consideration. They deserve weight. And you're not going to jump in with your team and get it right from the jump. You know, like there, there's so many nuances and tensions here, but these are conversations that are, that are worth having. Let me ask you guys this question. How would a team member who is listening today know if they're in alignment with their church? I mean, so if they're listening, they're thinking I'm good. Like how, how will we know when misalignment in this area is knocking on our door?
1: I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is that we're constantly having conversations about these things. I think, I think maybe in the past we've been like, okay, we have that initial, um, conversation. We're in alignment. We're in agreement. Now we can roll. What comes to mind for me is the idea and I can't remember who taught on this years ago but they taught about how it might have even been you Brandon <laughs> I'm going to give you credit and then you can own I'm sure it. Sure it was brilliant. Um, <laughs> about Genius. How in the beginning when we're 1 degree off it doesn't look significant but over the course of time one degree can turn into a huge discrepancy. And when it comes to doctrine and theology, I think we have the same experience where it's like, okay, if I've only had one initial conversation and I've assessed that we're only one degree off, but I've never had these conversations and checks and balances down the road to make sure we're still aligned, then we, we definitely run into challenges down the road. I think as we approach the cultural climate that we are in, God's always so good to bring us the invitations that he does to address some of these things, to look at them. And and there's always an invitation to get stronger and wiser.
2: Yeah, I think the the basis for that comment uh, comes from the idea that at the beginning, uh, slight misalignment doesn't look bad. You know, at the beginning, it's okay, we have a difference of thought, but over the course of time, slight misalignment becomes very apparent. And if left undealt with until then, typically at that point, someone is very involved in the church or they're in leadership of the church or Mm -hmm. they're in influential places in the church. And when the misalignment is exposed, it can often be damaging to the body. Uh, mm-hmm. Because um, it was there all along, but we just didn't address it. And I, I think that that's the conviction we have to have as leaders is to address this stuff back early mm-hmm. uh, when we see it, Pastor Jason.
0: And yeah, and that was that was kind of the comment that I was I was um, making at the beginning is that I think you had a I think you had a population or a generation of pastors and leaders who saw or, or believed that church could be built by way of doing. And this is why we're seeing a lot of pastors right now jump off the orthodoxy ship. And we're all wondering that some of these, some of these people are, you know, in their late 30s, 40s, even 50s. And we're going, how is this possible? Well, it's possible if the system of church building is founded upon, we build church according to our doing versus church is a product of our belief. If that if that makes sense, what I'm saying. So for me, before we planted 10 years ago, I did hard yards in making sure that that where I was at theologically and doctrinally was locked in so that in the cultural moment like this, I am not tempted to sway even on the hot button topics of our day because I'm rooted and grounded in it, and our church is not built off of our worship style or built it off our teaching or built off of the way our lobby looks or the events that we do. Our church is first and foremost built upon God's word. All that other stuff is just supplemental to it because here's the thing. If it all burns down tomorrow or if it all shuts down during COVID, the church still must go on. And that, and that only happens when the word of God is being declared, and that is where our doctrine and theology sits. And so I think it's a really, really important thing uh, in, in this conversation.
2: I'd like to take a minute and say something pretty pastoral, I guess, to every leader listening right now, and and that's this. I know that there is a, a movement among church leaders, among those, you love your church, uh, and you want to see your pastor be really bold in this season. I know I know there are leaders out there that desire that. You desire your pastor take it to him every Sunday. You know, talk about every hot button issue out there. I want to talk about this for a minute because I would say I have a pastor that's fairly bold. I, I have a pastor that's that's he he mentions things regularly from the pulpit and addresses cultural issues. It also took him about a year little over a year after the start of the pandemic to get there. And, and I want to say this, be careful not to put something on your pastor, be careful not to put on my pastor. Like I wish my pastor was bolder or I wish my pastor talked about things that are going on in politics right now, or I wish it's okay to have preference. But what I would say is elevate that thought and don't just say, I wish my pastor would do this or that. Make it your prayer. God, I helped, help my pastor to be obedient to you help my pastor to say everything that you want him or her to say and and i i think i I desire for my pastor more than to be bold or not be bold i desire for him to be obedient to god and for him to say everything god is asking him to say nothing more nothing less and I just wanted to insert that in here because I, I feel like, you know, yeah, there's probably those listening who just prefer your pastor never talk about anything, you know, and just stay, stay safe. But there's probably those who would want your pastor to kind of take the fight to him And maybe, maybe your pastor's not, would you just, just, you know, make it your, your elevated prayer that God, let my pastor just be obedient to you. And I, I think that is the right leading second posture when it comes to, doctrinal issues, speaking about them. Pastors got a lot, a lot on the line, weighing out what they're going to talk about, when they're going to talk about it. I'm sure you guys have, well, I know Pastor Jason, you've taken on some bold series. Um, and yet you've, you've done them in the time you felt the Lord led you to. Would, yep. would, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think it's a, um, I think it's been a measurement of grace along uh, a long a long history and with our church. And I was not saying some of these things in Seth and Kaisa. They can they can attest to this. They've known me the longest. We've been friends for a really, really long time. What I'm saying today, I would have never thought about saying when we first when we first planted and launched. And so it's been it's been a growth cycle in that. And then realizing what it is that I have to tackle right now. And then and here's where it comes from. And this is where the measurement really, really takes place is that in the, in a church's journey, one of the greatest things that you're doing is not just building, but you're building trust and legitimacy with people. And so we have now 10 years of faithful service to our community, which now affords us the opportunity to say certain things because they trust who we are. We've proofed our heart. Now we can use our voice a little bit more. And so that is truth and love. At the end of the day, we've exercised more love over the past 10 years. And now we're in a moment where we're like, okay, church, we've got to bring some significant truth, but hopefully you can balance this truth with our heart and our, what we talk to our team about all the time is character, integrity, and consistency, those three things. And our church has proved that over the past 10 years. So now hopefully you can be able to trust what it is that we're saying and receive what it is that we're saying on the platform of this past 10 years. And that's a big thing, and I know PK as well, that'd be the same thing. He has been serving diligently in the Northwest for all of these years, which affords him the opportunity because of trust and legitimacy to kind of stand in the pocket and say some things that somebody who planted two years ago, three years ago, may just not be able to say right now, they don't have collateral.
2: Give them grace, give them grace. And yeah, that's very, very wise, very well said.
3: Well, do you want to be gasoline or do you want to be like a long burning ember or a coal or something in your community? If you want to be gasoline, you're just going to throw accelerant, you know, around and then it's just not going to hold any bearing and it's going to burn out real quick. And so I know the thing that the well wants to be in the community of Salt Lake City is a long burning ember. You know, and a, a a substantial log that's gonna burn out and when you when you're able to speak truth. And then obviously, just to be honest, you know, some of the situation things that we've been put in over the past three years, even outside of COVID, the way Pastor Jason and Pastor Erica have handled those different situations have also built that trust. And so now we've got you know, you've got longevity, you've got, um, um, words of, of, um, of dealing with different situations and building that trust to where it's like, Hey, I'm really buying into the, what's being said from the pulpit. And it's, it's proving itself over time and proving itself through the character, integrity and consistency that the well as a body and our pastors have shown in order to have that impact that we want to have.
2: Yeah. So let's bottom line this conversation this is a conversation about things that'll take you out of ministry. Uh, let's bottom line it and land the plane with this one. What would you say to a leader who's out of alignment right now? Like they're listening. They've been sitting in their church in this season. They're realizing I, I, I got some things different than than my pastor. Um, different than my church. What would you guys say to that leader right now?
1: I think... For me, one of the things that comes to mind in this conversation is we honor each other best when we talk about the truthful things. When we talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, you you look at the example of Jesus and he didn't hold back from the culture of the day. And although it was um, maybe not respected, not valued, not fully understood, he didn't hold himself back from speaking the truth. And so I think that we as leaders in this moment have to be okay honoring people with the truth, knowing that the truth may cause them to go somewhere else or go on a journey with God or, or take some pause. You know, I, I think we have to, we have to assess uh, great importance to giving space so people can evaluate those things and get back into alignment um, ultimately knowing that God is leading their lives, he's leading their families, and however we can assist in that, we are here, but that doesn't hold us back from speaking the truth that's necessary.
3: Amen. I think it's also, you, you've you got to def- define in yourself, like, you know, you, you, the old adage, what is truth? Well, where do you find truth? You know, you, you, we find it from the word of God. And so if there are things that are coming from your senior pastor's mouth, and um, that's one thing I love about Pastor Jason is is he 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 never gets up there and says this is my opinion, right? He always gets up there and says, here's the scripture. I'm just giving you the Bible. You've got to figure out how you're going to navigate these words of truth that we believe are truth, you know, that are coming at you. And so if you are struggling with um Disagreeing with your senior leader in these areas, a I would say go go to your word, go to go go to God in prayer, and then really importantly, go to your senior leader. Go have a conversation with them. He'll hear their heart. You know, hear what they're trying to portray to the body and the timing that God has given them to to portray that. And I think that's vitally important. Um, and then also, you know. They're your senior leader for a reason. God's appointed them in that for a time. Trust them and trust what God's doing in them.
2: Yeah. Well said, guys. Well said. I, I'm so thankful for your your wisdom, your perspective here today. I love the the cohesion, the unity y'all have on this. And so thankful for your uh contribution and praying we can help some leaders today.
0: Well,
1: You so much for joining us today. To find the episode guide, visit our website at leadingsecond.com/podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond, and if you're looking to connect with other second chair leaders, be sure to join us in the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.